No surprise, with new retirement laws come all new questions. Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe and Big Al tackle your Secure Act questions. How minors can distribute inherited IRAs, whether a trust should be your IRA beneficiary, and what effect the new law has on required minimum distributions, or RMDs, and qualified charitable distributions, or QCDs. Plus, the fellas get schooled by YMYW listeners on their big thrift savings plan miss in episode 254. I'm producer Andy Last, and here now are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson CFP and Big Al Clopine CPA. You know how many people have actually, like, used the tool to ask us questions on I'm, our website? I'm going to say in the entire history, maybe three. All right, we got four. We got, what, Dale from Santa Rosa. He, uh, what, he... His was TSP. Greg is actually the one who has the uh, Secure Act oh. question. He's on page three. <laughs> got it. Well, how many pages we got today? We're starting. 13. We're starting. We with, got thirteen. We're starting with page three. Okay, we're starting with page three because I wanted to start it with the Secure Act. Right. So we got Greg from Temecula. He uh, he calls in. Hey, Big Alan Joe. This is Greg from beautiful Temecula, California. I love the podcast. I have a question for you about the new Secure Act. My mother-in-law had set up her Roth to be inherited by her four grandchildren. And I was just reading in the Secure Act that it looks like, if I read it correctly, that the grandchildren would not actually even get the 10 years before they'd have to take their distribution. It looks like they would actually have to take the distribution immediately at, at her death. Uh, it was something we were trying to avoid when we had originally set up this plan so that they would have uh, actually been able to carry it for their whole lifetime. But now it's looking like they will immediately have to cash. I was wondering if you've looked into it, and if so, if you think uh, my assessment is correct, or if I maybe just not quite understanding what's happening here. Uh, listen to the podcast, and hopefully, hear a great answer that I want to hear. Thanks. Well, thanks for the question, Greg, from beautiful Temecula. Yeah, I like Temecula. Yeah, because there's a bunch of wine there. There is. Yeah, oh, I love it. <laughs> Plus, uh, we go to Idlewild quite a lot in the mountains, uh, which is about a two-hour drive out of San Diego. It's very pretty up there. Never been. And I go right through Temecula no, each did. time. All right. Um, Greg, I'm not sure what you read um, because, yeah, it's, it, it, they, they have 10 years There's just because they're minor children. If, uh, so here's the rule. Let's say if it wasn't the grandmother – it was Greg's retirement account. Uh, for minor children, they're able to stretch the IRA out until they reach of age majority. So there's kind of this weird rule within minor children that they can still stretch it over their life expectancy until they reach the age of majority. Then they have to take the 10-year. Uh, but grandchildren, doesn't there, there's, there's still, there's no, it's still 10 years. Still minor it, it, kids. It, yeah, yeah, but they don't have to cash it out all at once. Yeah, I, and Greg, I, I agree with Joe. I, I'm not sure what you were referring to either, but we should say, so the SECURE Act that was just passed and signed last late last year, one of the main things it did was it eliminated the stretch IRA for inherited IRAs, inherited non-spousal IRAs. So that's kids, grandkids, friends, neighbors, whatever, you non-spouse. So in, in the, in, before that, you could, when you inherited an IRA, let's say from your father or grandfather, grandmother, whatever, you could stretch it out over your entire life. So you just take a little piece for the whole rest of your life. Well, that went away with the SECURE Act, and now the SECURE Act says that you have to take the withdrawals within 10 years. I've never heard of an immediate withdrawal either, so I, I'm not sure what that's referring to. Yeah, I don't know where he read that. Um, 
but uh, I have a pretty good source. His name's Big Al. <laughs> Um, you trust me? Yeah, I do trust Sometimes. you. Sometimes. On taxes. Um, investments, not so much. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, but no, I think he's good. I mean, I, I get what the, the grandmother wanted to do is that, all right, well, here, I have four children. I have this IRA or grandchildren. I want to give the, the IRA to the grandchildren. Uh, they're, they're probably in a lower tax bracket. So as they're taking the distributions out over 10 years, it, they might not be that hurt. Um, depending on how old the, the, the grandchildren. Greg didn't sound that old, so his kids are probably, you know, under 21, I'm guessing, but who knows. Um, but no, Greg, I don't know what you read, but if you if you find whatever source that you read that from, um, you can shoot it our way, and we can verify that, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not sure what, what the heck that is. So um, hopefully that's good news for you. Uh, we got Rich. He wrote in from Chicago. Um, he goes, hi, Joe and Al. Love the show. I never miss a podcast. Wow, never. never. Good for you, Rich. He's my brother. <laughs> That's good. Except he lives in Reading, Rich in Reading. Um, I'm 57, and my question is about the new law that eliminates the stretch inherited IRA. Uh, currently, I have my spouse as my first beneficiary, my children second. Uh, with this new law, should I choose my trust as the second beneficiary? My spouse would remain as the first, but my thinking is that naming the trust as the second, that may stretch out the payments longer than the new law uh, 10-year rule. My oldest child is 29 years old. Is my thinking correct? Or are there other considerations on naming the trust as the second beneficiary? Thanks. A um, lot of confusion out there, Alan. Yes. Well, the Secure Act is confusing. So no, Rich. You do. Not, I mean, the trust is. Uh, it, 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 now we're going to get in the weeds here. <laughs> oh boy. But it, you have to be careful on who you're naming your beneficiary. You, there's no way around the ten-year. You know, if you name your beneficiary, so it's going to be. Is it a discretionary trust or a conduit trust? Right. Is it a look-through trust? And then when you're naming a trust a beneficiary of a retirement account, it even gets a lot more complex than the SECURE Act itself. And the SECURE Act isn't really that complex. Um, he's trying to stretch out the retirement account to his child longer than the 10 years. Is there a way to do that? The only trust that you would might want to consider if that were the case would be a charitable remainder trust. That's it. Right. And I'll get into that in a second, but if he's just talking about a normal trust, I don't see how, um, why, what, where, where that logic is coming from. Yeah, I would agree with that. That basically the trust, uh, it basically inherits the same um, position, if you will. I mean, it could actually even make it worse. Worse, but it's not going to make it better. And I think that's so. That, that's what Rich is trying to do. He's trying to stretch out the the life expectancy longer, and the trust does not do that. Right. So, for instance, let's say. That you know, there's IRA trusts out there. Um, I think you have one. Yeah. Right? Your living trust also has a like a, a component I, for I, IRAs. I do, and now I think there's less need for it. Yeah, you probably need to get rid of it. I probably do. Yeah. Yeah. And because what happens is that they'll say, "All right, once the once let's say Rich deceased and his wife is 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 passed, so now they have this IRA that's going to his child that is now 29 years old. He probably will inherit it, you know, 30 years from now, 50 years from now, whatever." And so if it goes to a trust, it depends on if it's a discretionary trust or a conduit trust. 
a discretionary trust is going to say the trustee has discretion on how those dollars get distributed, right? And it stays in trust. But those dollars have to come out of the retirement account, and they're going to get taxed at trust rates. So the top rate of 37% is at what income, Al? About like 13000 Yeah, I'd say 13000 14000 of, of income. Something like that, yeah. right? So if you have a large IRA, you're going to get blown up. You're going to lose most of that to taxes. Yeah, and the reason they set it up that way, it's basically the same tax brackets as individual rates, but you hit those high brackets very soon because they didn't want you shifting income from yourself to the trust to, to have two low brackets. So that's the reason why they did that. Yeah, so or, it, it or, or someone like Rich trying to, you know, Stretch out the stretch even more. Right, right. right. If it is a discretion or a conduit, let's say it's an IRA trust, and within the language they were saying, oh, right, just feed out the RMD. You know, because in an inherited IRA, there's an automatic required distribution over the life expectancy of the inheritor. Uh, but now it's a 10 year rule. So no money's not going to come out of any of those plans until the 10th year, and everything's going to come out and it's going to blow up potentially in taxes. So be careful if you want to name the trust. Um, we could get into more complex, I guess, strategies, Rich. Um, a charitable remainder trust might make some sense. Roth conversions probably make some sense, uh, really, depending on what you are trying to do and, and I guess, how financially, ac- uh, you know, what, what the financial acumen of your, your child is. Are you trying to. You know, hold assets and only dribble a little bit out to the, the 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 kid, or or are they responsible where they can handle a fairly large inheritance? Judy writes in uh, from San Diego. She goes, "Happy New Year, Andy, Joe, and Al." Look, look top billing. Yeah, top billing for Andy. Judy and I are pals. I got it. Um, thanks for filling my brain with new information, both useful and oblique. That did means, I, did I, I see I, that? Did yeah. I see that right? I think so. I think that means unuseful. Okay. I thought that's like a muscle in your... (laughs) Well, yeah, that too. (laughs) All right. She's working out while she listens to us. Uh, Today, questions. She has three. Okay. Judy, I'm taking advantage of Andy's friendship here. Uh, With Secure Act, does this mean I can continue to make Roth IRA conversions until I'm 72? Judy, you can make a Roth IRA conversion until you're 92. There is no age restriction on Roth IRA conversion. So yes, you can continue to convert as your heart content. Yeah, I think there's there's lots of ways you could read this question. I think she might be talking about IRA contributions instead of Roth conversions, but let me go let me go through the different flavors here. So, in terms of a Roth conversion, you've always been able to do you do that at any age as long as you have an IRA, right? So, in other words, you could be 20 years old and do a conversion. You could be 90 years old and do a conversion. That hasn't changed. But I think people get confused because as soon as they have to take a required minimum distribution sure. from the retirement account, they might feel that they are not able to do a Roth IRA conversion any longer. That's true. And that's not the case. And the one caveat is if if you're 70 and a half, although now 72, with the SECURE Act, your required minimum distribution needs to start. You have to take that required distribution before you do the Roth conversion. Right. If you want to do a $30,000 Roth IRA conversion and you have a $10,000 RMD, you have to take the RMD first. That cannot go into the Roth IRA. You would have to spend it or put it in your savings or brokerage account, and then you could do a conversion um, thereafter of of whatever amount. There's a lot of confusion, Joe, on this on this deferring or, or delaying the RMD till 72. So here's the way it works. If you turn 70 and a half by December 31st of 2019, you fall under the old rules. 
and you have to take your first required distribution. Either you took it last year or you have to take it by, by let's see, six months after. Or wait a minute. It's April 1st of next year. Next year, thank yes. you. Uh-huh. I've got myself confused a second. And uh, however, if you turn 70 and a half on January 1st of 2020, then you can wait all the way till age 72 to take that first RMD. And you can actually wait until April 1st, the year after you turn 72. True. That's true. So, but, but then you have to take two RMDs. Yeah, then you went, let's say April 1st, you take your first RMD, and then you have to wait until the, or you, you have until the end of the year to take um, the RMD for your age 73. Okay, so her second question is if I turn 72 in February of 2024, is my RMD based on the value of my IRA on the date or the, at the end date. of that date or at the end of the year? Um, and is and if it's based at the end of the year, must I do an RMD withdrawal on the thirty first to be sure the amount is precise? It's the year before, uh, Judy. So let's say you turn seventy two in June of twenty, or I'm sorry, February. She turns seventy two in February of twenty twenty four. They're going to use the balance of 1231-2023 of your retirement account. Yeah, and the reason they do that is because you need to have a year-end balance to know how much the required minimum distribution should be. So that's why it's the year-end balance the year before. Now, if you so you're going to be very precise because you will know that you will know it. Yeah, you don't, and it's yeah, it's not the date you turn in. And plus, now the, if if you defer it, as we talked about, till April first of uh, 2025. Then you'd have to take two RMDs, one based upon the balance at December 31st, 2023, and one based upon the balance of December 31st, 2024. Very good. Um, Man, look at that. Are RMDs taxable income in the state of California? Yes, they are. What do you think, Judy? Come on. (laughs) It's a franchise tax board. Yes, they're going to take all that they can. Um, so, yeah, thanks for your questions, Judy. Uh, keep listening. We appreciate um, you, you writing in and being good friends with Andy. You guys going out for cocktails later or something? We haven't had a chance to do that oh, yet. Oh, well, maybe you should She that. actually told me I should steal your Darth Vader mask and go party for New Year's Eve. Well, let's do it. <laughs> uh, we got Stan from Richmond, Virginia. All right. So, a uh, CPA friend told me today that QCDs would still be apply to a person who reached 70 and a half but was not taking RMDs based on uh, the Just Pass Secure Act. I sent him this info below and asked for his source. No answer yet. Uh, From Forbes, one planning technique might be adversely affected by the extension of RMDs. Uh, Plan holders can direct up to $100,000 of IRA funds to be directly to charity. This is called a QCD or Qualified Charitable Deduction that has the effect of a dollar-for-dollar deduction for charitable contributions for the plan holder. Uh, QCDs may now have to wait until the age 72. Secure Act Section 107B provides rules to coordinate the new rules with QCDs. I cannot find the text Section 107B. Do you know? Uh, Forbes is off. They're done. That's a terrible source. I'm sorry, Forbes. 
Well, it's probably an opinion written by somebody in Forbes. Yeah, it's a, it's a Forbes beat a writer. Contributor. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's a Forbes beat writer. No, you could do a QCD still. It did not affect um, the age 72. So if you want to do a QCD, as long as you turn 70 and a half, you're fine. It's 70 and a half is the number or the age for QCD is not 72. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And, and the thing is, uh, the way tax law works is if they don't talk about it in a new bill, the old law didn't change. And they didn't talk about QCDs. So, yeah, you're good, Stan. Um, I appreciate that. and But it, it might not make sense to do a QCD um, if it's not an RMD. So, anyway. So, if the SECURE Act makes retirement planning a little more complicated for Greg, Rich, Judy, Stan, and Lillian coming up, maybe it does for you or someone you know, too. Find out how this new law might affect your retirement, your required minimum distributions, qualified charitable distributions, and leaving your assets to your heirs. Check out Big Al's Secure Act recap video and download our free Secure Act guide in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Just click the link in today's episode description in your podcast app. Then share away. Post the episode link on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or blast it out via email so that your friends, family, and colleagues will be just as well prepared for these retirement changes as you are. This new law may also open up some retirement planning opportunities you have not yet considered. Click the free assessment button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com for a personalized look at your financial situation. Getting back to your questions now, but I want to mention first that there is a full two-minute derail at the end of this episode about the location of our next emailer, Lillian. Keep that in mind, Lillian, and stick around to the very end of the podcast to hear what it is about Lillian's location that scarred Joe for life when it comes to travel. Lillian from Des Moines, Iowa. Good morning, Joe and Al. Longtime listener and a huge fan. I like that you get right to the topic. <laughs> just yeah. like that. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> Whoops. When, when, not so good this time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lillian. Uh, big. Screw that one up. Um, should we convert 401k to Roth uh, when we are 67 to 72? Uh, before Social Security for three years and before RMDs. Or should we leave 401k where it is? We will get hit with Medicare Part B and D surcharges if we choose to leave it alone. Uh, okay, that's question number one. Well, Lillian, we need more information. Um, should you convert to a Roth? I don't know. Um, it depends on what your taxable income is. Depends on how much money that you have in the 401k plan. It depends on, you know, how much money that you want to spend. What's the overall goals? What's, you know? But I would say in general, at that age, people are retired. And in general, their income is lower than it's going to be at age 70 when Social Security kicks in or 72 when the required minimum distribution kicks in. So oftentimes, I'm generalizing, oftentimes that is a great time to convert because you're in a lower tax bracket. You're going to be in a higher bracket later, so you want to convert. You have to pay tax on those IRA dollars. You Hypothetically. You may. Yeah, good point. You may. Uh, however, I think what she's talking about was what about the Medicare uh, uh, the the premiums for Part B and D they could go up if you do a conversion. Now, a married couple, if you keep your adjusted gross income, modified adjusted gross income under one hundred seventy thousand dollars, it's not going to change those Medicare premiums. So I would at least go up to that. But the but the smarter thing is to take a look at your tax bracket now versus in the future, based upon your Social Security and based upon your required minimum distributions to help you decide. Yeah, but she's asking. Uh we will get hit with Medicare Part B and D surcharges if we choose to leave it alone? No. Um, the, the Part B and D surcharges happen 
is that it, it's means-based, right? So the more income that you have, the higher the premium that you have to pay for Medicare. So if you did not do the conversion, that would not be added to your taxable income or adjusted gross income. And yeah, it's, that would it's, not if you, if you left it alone. Yeah, if you left it alone. But but you, it, it, later, if you have a higher income, then you're going to be stuck with those surcharges maybe for a longer period of time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So in in I would say most people ask the question in such a way that it's like, should I not do Roth conversions because in two years with higher income, I'm going to have higher Medicare premiums? And yeah, you do want to consider that, but that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is your tax brackets. Uh, should we change IRA beneficiaries in revocable trust back to the children after the Secure Act? Um, it depends. I would say yes, um, because it's not. If if you wanted to control the money from the grave, let's say I don't trust the or not trust the kids, but you would much rather control the money. I mean, that's why people put IRAs um, either protection from um, lawsuits and liability is a, a good reason to have IRA monies in a trust. But I would just put them to the the, the children um, yeah, because I, depending on what type of trust that you have. In, in general, I think that's the right answer, and the Secure Act didn't change anything in that regard. Correct. It depends on if it was an IRA trust, though, sure. or if it was discretionary. Yeah, or that's true. Or, and I don't want to talk about that again. <laughs> First segment, we already did that. Um, any other better ways to leave our children now? Every IRA, Roth IRA, and 401k are under the 10-year um, withdraw spell. Any other better ways to leave to our children now um, every IRA, Roth IRA, in 401k? Well, I, I would answer it this way. To the extent that your income, your taxable income uh, tax bracket is lower than your kids, if they're in higher brackets, you're going to want to do more Roth conversions out of your IRA or 401k Pay those tax dollars in the lower bracket. That's if you're in a lower bracket than your children. Uh, that would be a smart thing to do. They'll still have to take the Roth IRA dollars out in 10 years, but they won't have to pay taxes on it. And I think as a, as a, because of that, I think we're probably going to see more Roth conversions, at least for those that have big IRA balances. Did you read that differently? The only thing I think is that she left out the word that. Any other better ways to leave our children now, every IRA, Roth IRA, and 401k, that are under the 10-year withdrawal spell? Oh. That's what I'm guessing that she intended. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I, you, you know what we're going to hear a lot of, Big Al? What? We're going to hear a lot of this is take distributions from your retirement accounts and buy life insurance. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to come Oh, up. boy. It is. Guaranteed. You heard it now. Is that all right? Because the retirement accounts are going to come out over ten years. Why don't you take some dollars out, buy a life insurance contract? Because then that contract is going to go to your heirs, one hundred percent tax free. Um, so that's going to be a planning technique. It may make sense for some, depending on the size of the IRA, depending on the the cost of insurance and the insurability of them. Um, but I think. Um, We'll get a lot of questions on that, I'm, I'm guessing, in the year to come. Yeah, but the Roth, if they get more money in the Roth IRA, that goes to the kids tax-free, too. The only difference is they have to pull out those dollars in 10 years versus stretching it over their lifetime. Correct. Uh, life insurance proceeds is... Tax-free tax as well. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, if 
the 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 main reason you would do that strategy is if you if you could get life insurance, and for some reason you, you knew you had impaired life expectancy. Well, it's just leverage, right? You're just leveraging to say, hey, I'm going to pay a premium. Let's say I buy a million dollar policy, and I'm going to pay thirty thousand dollars a year for that policy, right? Right. And if I make it a life expectancy, I put in about eight nine hundred in. Nine hundred thousand dollars into the policy, and the kids die with a million. Right, right. But if I died in four years, and right. I only put in, you know, a hundred some odd thousand dollars into the, and the kids get a million, that's called leverage. So it's also, a, I would say, a bet to die strategy. It is a bet to die strategy. It is a very good <laughs> bet to <laughs> so, die. So if you like that strategy, go for it. If you missed any of the previous Secure Act discussions on Your Money, Your Wealth, give a listen to episode 253 from right after the act was passed, episode 234 on discretionary and conduit IRA trusts, and episode 224 when Professor Jamie Hopkins of Hyder School of Business at Crichton University gave us an overview of the Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement Bill back when it was still being considered in Congress. You'll find links to all three episodes in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Just click the link in today's episode description in your podcast app. Hey, let's go. Where where are we going now? We got something? You Whatever got, you would like to do. We've you got, got something? You, would you like to discuss the TSP? Yeah, let's go with the, the thrift savings plan because uh, Dale from Santa Rosa, California, sent me a voicemail and just said, you're, you're, you're a complete idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know anything that you're talking about. And um, so I said, you know what, Dale, you are absolutely right when it comes to the... I I think I know a lot about a little. Right. And I'm not an active duty um, individual in the thrift savings plan. Uh, Dale is. So I'm going to have Dale um, educate our listeners. He's going to explain all this to us. I hope so. Hey, Joe. My name is Dale. I uh, love your podcast and your YouTube channel. Thank you very much for putting out that content. I got your latest newsletter email about a recent podcast where there was a question about the thrift savings plan. I'm active duty military and I thought I would explain. It looked like there was a question about how someone could have non-taxable contributions to a traditional TSP account. Well that can happen if you're deployed. All military pay is tax-free if you're deployed to a combat setting. So, for example, I have non-taxable contributions to a traditional TSP before Roth TSP was even available. So that's how someone can get non-taxable contributions to a traditional TSP. If you'd like any further explanation, please give me a call. Thanks a lot. Bye. Dale, love you, bud. Thank you very much for your service. Um, and I appreciate you kind of setting big Al and I straight. Yeah, and I, I would say... Because uh, Al and I are nowhere near a combat zone. No, we're not. We're it's, in San Diego, it's, it's California. Pretty, it's pretty nice here. We're, we're close to military individuals. I, uh, the closest I got to military service is my dad was in the Army. <laughs> oh <my laughs> I thought you were in line for a draft. Well, that... <laughs> I was actually the first year where they took away the draft lottery. Oh, really? Yep. Huh. Well. So I didn't have to, didn't have to serve. I do appreciate those that do. I absolutely Including do. Dale. Yes. Thank you, Dale. Uh, Nick from Fairbanks, Alaska. That has to be one of the farthest places that has ever uh, reached out to us. Yeah. 
Have you been there? At least in this country. That's pretty far out. Yeah, we're very popular in Guam or something, right? Ghana. Ghana. Number one. <laughs> Where the hell is Ghana? Africa. Is it? See, that shows that I'm, I'm no, I don't go on vacation. Yeah. And I don't, I don't leave my bubble often. <laughs> uh, but Fairbanks, Alaska, I do know where that is. Never been to Alaska. Would like to go. I've been twice. I know you have. Al, you're just a traveling fool. But I haven't been to Iowa. Oh, let's go to have. the Amana colonies. <laughs> you and I, brother. All righty. All right, Andy, Joe, Big Al, just came across your podcast at the end of 2019 and was largely impressed by your ability to bring levity to such a dull topic as TSP <laughs> conversions. You said droll, but that's fine. Oh, Dull is fine. Dull, is, dull and droll, whatever. Um, I'm afraid, however, there... Um, let me just see. I, I, I'm guessing now that we're going to get schooled again on yeah, this Yeah, we're going to get schooled. This one is much more in-depth. I'm afraid, however, uh, there... There was a wide miss. Oh, <laughs> add to the understanding of how a TSP can house after uh, tax-exempt dollars. So here's my attempt to beef up, or for the vegan in the room, bean up. Yeah. Like it. Big Al. Bean burrito. The vegan. Uh, the knowledge base. Uh, when a military service member continues to contribute to the TSP while located in a tax-exempt region, a.k.a. combat zone, those contributions enter into TSP as tax-exempt. That is to say tax is not allowed on the contribution or on its later uh, disbursement. Don't confuse this with Roth contribution. To add to this unique color of uh, money issue, the TSP holds these tax-exempt funds in the regular TSP account, not a Roth. As such, a monthly statement may show that one's regular TSP balance is $80,000, of which $50,000 is designated as tax-exempt. Uh, for the matter of rolling these tax-exempt dollars, as I did after my military retirement at age 42, the new custodian must certify that it accepts tax-exempt balances. If they do, the 50 k will go directly into the Roth account, while the remaining 30 k will simply be rolled into a traditional IRA. There is, or at least... Um, at the time I did, no allowance to separate this process. That is, when rolling a regular TSP over, the entire balance must be rolled, tax-exempt and pre-tax dollars. Based on my experience, this is delicate and tricky process, and it depends on how knowledgeable the random custodian agent is who processed this transaction. So as I see it, your question, Matt from Carlsbad, who has healthy tax-exempt portion of his TSP, is not only a combat vet, but one who is thoughtfully thinking about his financial future. Come to the end of his military service. Uh, thank you, Matt, and to Joe and Big Al. I appreciate you taking the fiduciary oath as people like Matt deserve no less. Boom. That gave hey. me chills. Yeah, right? <laughs> he was like like a combat vet. Right. You know, I met a guy today that um, got, and it was kind of an interesting conversation. He was a fighter pilot, right, for the Navy. But he was air-to-air -air combat. Okay. Wow. He's not dropping bombs. He's like he's they're, they're fighting Shoot, in the out air. Of the air. Yeah. Right. Right. And then he got. Um, and it was kind of weird how he said he goes. He goes. Yeah, I got the last kill in uh, Vietnam, in the air. And I was like, Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good chat. Wow. <laughs> how'd, like, how'd you respond to that? I was like, well, That's awesome. Yeah. But then I was like, Oh, well, I don't. Maybe, I, maybe I, it's not awesome. <laughs> I don't know. So how about those bears? <laughs> But, uh, you know, hey, it, it, it's war. It's, it it's, is. It's, you know, and these guys are fighting for our freedom, and I appreciate everything that they do. Their, their, their lives are at risk. Same. Yeah. I, you know? Yeah. 
I have a lot of respect for our, our folks in military service, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so Matt from Carlsbad, um, we truly apro- apologize for the, the, the bad advice that we gave. I don't even remember what we said. But it but was our, probably our, pretty bad. But our listeners know better. I think you're better. like, yeah, there's no tax exempt I'm like, I'm like Matt, you Matt, you're probably an idiot. What are you talking about? But no, you are a combat vet, and we truly appreciate everything. And hopefully Nick and Dale um, straighten us out. That's it for us. Thank you for your email questions, folks. Keep on bringing them in. We'll try to get to them each and every week. Uh, without you, this would be an awful, awful show. Uh, thank you, Andy. Thank you, Big Al. I'm Joe Anderson, and we'll see you next week. Thank you to everyone who wrote in to let the fellas know about these tax-exempt TSP contributions. There were a lot of you. It doesn't happen often that listeners know more about a financial topic than Joe and Big Al, so if you hear a miss, we definitely want to know about it. Click Ask Joe and Al on air in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to send in your comments, corrections, and money questions. Hopefully they'll actually know the answer. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Check that New Year's resolution to get your financial house in order off your list. Click the free assessment button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com and sign up for a free two-meeting assessment with a certified financial planner from Pure, either in person at one of our four Southern California offices in San Diego, Brea, Irvine, and Woodland Hills, or via video web meeting. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Joe Anderson here. Alan Clopine is here. Andy Last is here. Howdy. And um, yeah, the whole gang's here. Al. Yeah, we're we're all back. The back. gang's all here. We're back, gang's in the, all here. back in the studio. Feels kind of good. It feels great. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little. It's a little. <laughs> It's kind of a small studio. I think it's very comfortable. We had a call in from the expert thrift savings plan. We got schooled, didn't we? Yeah, we did. He goes, you guys are a bunch of idiots. A couple, two or three people schooled <laughs> I us. I, but I, love I think get, it's like six. I, okay, six. I, but I love learning, so uh, we'll, we'll get to that here in a bit. Yeah. Should we hang out and talk a little bit more about your, your Christmas? Uh, no, our listeners say they like how we get right into it. Got so, it. So let's do it. Let's go to... Lillian. Okay. From Des Moines, Iowa. Perfect. Have you ever been to Des Moines, Alan? I have not. Have you? Yes, sir. Okay. Have you ever been to like uh, the Amanda colonies or something? What the hell is it called? The I think it's called. Don't the, know. <laughs> oh, I, I know what you're talking about. It was yeah. It was, uh, so. The Amanda colonies. The Amanda colony, right? Or Amana. Sorry, Amana. Yeah, Amana. Amana. Amana colonies. Where's that? It's in Iowa. Okay. I went on a vacation there. Okay. That's why I never go on vacation, Al. <laughs> because I experience the Amana colonies. You can't do better than it? that. I don't know what the hell it is. It was like, I don't know, it's a colony of... A step into the world of authentic German ambiance. Oh, yeah. It was oh, created wow. by our ancestors and preserved by us today. Is yeah. that what she remembers a kid, like, driving down in the station wagon? Yeah. Going there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was It was bad because there was, it was like my aunt, my mom, and like a cousin, and like and my aunt was driving, my dad, and like there was no like men. Oh, just it, you. It, it, yeah, I'm, me and my... Now like, your brother. It, yeah, I think my brother, myself, and my sister. Right. And a bunch of like girl cousins, they all wanted to go to the Amana colony. Got it. And I don't know so how that, the hell I so, got dragged into the So Amana that's colony. why you don't go on vacation. Yeah, because You're of that. you scarred. I'm scarred. Yeah, got it. Yes. Go there once and you'll never <laughs> go on vacation again. 
I love the Amana colonies for all of. I, I think it's like I don't know. It's like very. They make cheese or something. Wine. It does say something about they have wine and beer. Oh, yeah. okay. Seven so scenic you, villages. Yeah. Where they? Is it like nuns or something? For some reason, I felt like it was like, like I did, I did When I Googled it, it said, are Amana colonies Amish? Yeah. I knew it was like, I took a picture of an Amish guy, and I thought I, I would get in trouble. <laughs> so, <laughs> I took a picture of an African tra- tribes boy, and then he held out his hand. He wanted $5. Oh, really? Didn't did I, you pay him? Yeah. I mean, I would have not got out of their life. Yeah.